Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Freddie. The WWF is back, and I'm back with you. Hope you're ready to hear some WrestleMania stories. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. On the road to WrestleMania right now. It's getting close. Hope you guys are excited. You're going to see Ronda Rousey, the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble, and Brock Lesnar, the winner of the Men's Royal Rumble, uh, in the main events of, of WrestleMania, which is always awesome. Ronda gets a very mixed response from the crowd, and she tends to be very honest with her feelings in the moment. The crowd, for those who don't follow the brand very much, they loved her when she first came in with The Rock at a WrestleMania that was at the San Francisco 49ers new stadium, Levi Stadium. I don't remember which one it was. And she did a hip toss on Stephanie McMahon in the middle of the ring. And that was kind of this hint and this tease that she was going to come. So when she did debut, the crowd got behind her and they were really, the live crowds were really hyped for her. And then they turned. And when they did, you could see it emotionally bother her, not the character Ronda Rousey. It hurt Ronda Rousey. And she was very public in interviews about it. And she's the kind of person who, when you feel like that, you're going to use a certain type of person is going to use anger as a means to re-empower your ego, right? And so she turned on the fans in interviews and talked trash back, but not in an in-character sort of way, just in a very dismissive wrestling isn't that important i'm a real fighter sort of way and once you say that and you go into the real and fake world with wrestling fans you're in a lot of trouble and so the reaction to her got worse and worse and worse 
And the fans didn't drive her out of the business, but it certainly, you could tell, sucked a lot of her passion for the business when she would speak on it. So now she's back. She debuted in the Royal Rumble again, which is my favorite pay-per-view. I never miss. I've only missed one because of work. And I see her come out, and the crowd was pretty darn cool about it. So I wonder how long that's going to last. I wonder if she's going to say something that makes them mad again because they pick up every little quote on the dirt sheets now. I've learned so much about dirt sheets since I started this podcast. It's crazy. So I'm very curious to see how her road to WrestleMania goes over the next few weeks and a few couple months. And uh, we're on our road to WrestleMania right now. So we're going to start with the first WrestleMania I ever got to go to as a guest, which if you listen to our episode one, you'll hear some of, all the way to the first WrestleMania that I worked as an employee. I'm in Orlando, Florida with a, with a group of friends, and we had gotten into the bad habit of betting matches on TV. And Macaulay, I've talked about this before. He's been a guest on the podcast. I hope you guys listen to that episode because it's really funny. And he's got such a good mind for wrestling. And one day we shall take over the indie scene. But we would bet $100 a match, right? So however, if there were 10 matches, you had to bring 1000 bucks cash with you. And there were often more than that. And for whatever reason, I think I can count on one hand how many matches I won versus how many he won. So I lost a lot of money to this guy. So we go to Mania, and I think the first match was this Battle Royale Eliminator that wasn't even on during the pay-per-view. And the winner of it was going to get a a match against Chavo Guerrero for the ECW Championship. And Kane wins the Battle Royale. Nobody bets that match. So we're all making bets, and everybody bets Kane, so we're not going to bet the ECW match. And Mac, out of nowhere, says, I want to make a prop bet. And me and the other two two people there are like, what? He goes, I bet you it's a squash match. I bet you Kane beats him in like 10 seconds. And we go, okay, sure, whatever, man. Here's 100 bucks. So everyone gives him action on it. Okay, there's four of us, so including Mac. So there's $300 on a line that he could win. And so the match happens. And I, crap you not, I looked it up online. It's over in nine seconds. It's a full squash choke slam match, Chavo down, one, two, three. So Matt collects money right away from us. The other match, and I don't remember all of them. I just remember losing all my money. They had a Belfast brawl, which was against Fit Finley. And his gimmick, the WWE gave him was, he's Irish, so he likes to fight. Which is honestly a fairly accurate fairly accurate description of them. One of my best friends is Wayne McCullough. He was a silver medalist in boxing and uh, gotten a lot of fights. So, And I've been to Ireland and saw a lot of dudes fighting. They were always friends afterwards, but I saw a lot of fights. So anyway, it was him versus John Bradshaw Layfield, JBL. And a Belfast brawl is basically a street fight where they're bringing out trash. I remember a lot of trash cans got smashed on people's heads. And and uh, we we all said that it's a Belfast brawl, so Fit Finley is for sure going to win his own match. He's Irish, like not just American Irish, like he's from Ireland. You have to listen to his accent to hear everything he says because he has that Irish brogue, right? And so for sure he's winning the match. Well, for sure he didn't win the match, and Mac pulls in another 300 off the scrubs. And then they have... The main event, nobody bet the Flair retirement match because everybody knew how that was going to go. 
Mac probably would have said something crazy like, I bet you Shawn Michaels says, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> he didn't, but it's within his potential. So there's the triple threat match. And Randy Orton's the champion. And I'll never forget this. Triple H is the challenger. And John Cena is the second challenger. And the way this story had been told on TV, and I was really back into the brand at this point because I was seeing a lot of the new people after this long hiatus I had taken from wrestling, from watching it. And the Orton story was incredibly undertold, as you see with a lot of WWE stories. So it didn't seem like it was an intentional undersell. And the real drama, the real passion was all coming from Cena and, and Hunter. They had the momentum. They are just crushing matches doing this. So we all make our stupid bets. And we're, everyone's betting Cena or, or Triple H. I bet I bet Triple H, uh, Foz bet Cena. I, I don't remember what our other buddy bet. And Mac, of course, bets Randy Orton. It's such a slap in the face when Orton wins that the next day on Raw, the show opens and he literally walks out with the belt on him and he says, expecting someone else. And to watch that, we were still in Orlando. It was just like, I'm looking at Mac, and it's literally what Mac would have said had he written it. So after WrestleMania, it's the Ric Flair retirement match. I get to meet Ric Flair, and we kind of clicked, and we're joking and talking. And he, ah, I loved your dad. I loved your father. We're, you know, cracking jokes, and this guy named Chavo Classics there, and he's telling me this crazy story about doing cocaine with my father in 1975 with him, Frank Sinatra, and the Chicago Mafia in Chicago uh, at this club called Mr. Chow's, which isn't there anymore. It was an old comedy club. So it's just an insane night for me, right? And I'm sitting there with the legend, Ric Flair, who's my favorite wrestler ever, and it's coming on 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, Two o'clock. I'm done. Okay. I'm. I've had it. I've had. I've had some some beverages. I've had you know a lot of beverages. I'm ready to go. Pass out. This guy hasn't even like gotten warmed up. Two a.m. hits and I'm done. I'm drunk. I cannot drink anymore. I'm ready to pass out. And Ric Flair is a 21 year old who has been drinking far more than I have and is nothing. Like he's just ready to go. So I tap out. Mac taps out. We all go to bed, and then we watch, you know, Monday Night Raw there in Orlando the next the next uh, night, and we all catch red eyes from Orlando back to Los Angeles. Now, in episode one, I told you about uh, this woman who I spoke to that kind of arranged all that. Her name is Kristen Prouty, and she's an amazing woman. She still works there and has literally built her career path. Like, it was never... This is the cool thing about WWE. You can get assigned a job, right? And you can live with that job and, and it can be crazy. It can be great. Or you can create your own job. You can create your own career path within that company if you're creative enough. And she's one of the people who was and is, and she's still there. And she's at a very high level in the company. And her and I started talking, and I've, I've spoken about this, like I said in the first episode, about me coming to work there. So I did. Thanks to the thanks to this awesome chick, and uh, and her introducing me to Stephanie McMahon, and it's been a year at this point, and I'm been in the company, I'm grooving, and all of a sudden I'm going to work my very first WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. WrestleMania, for the employees on the, on like the non-wrestling side, is the best and worst week of the year in the company. You're, you're writing stories backwards from WrestleMania backwards the whole year. And every time someone gets hurt or every time someone gets heat with the company, every single story is forced to change because we write from WrestleMania backwards. So if your main event is John Cena versus The Miz, everything from the day after WrestleMania to the next WrestleMania has to slowly build up a story for John Cena and The Miz to eventually meet in Georgia at WrestleMania the following year. So it's an incredible challenge on the, on the writing staff or on the entire creative team just to get there. With all the changes that come about, and they're so used to change that they welcome it, they embrace it, they invite change even when change isn't necessary. So... You know what you're in for going in. At least I thought I did. I thought I was prepared. We get to the hotel in Georgia and Vince rents out like basically like a banquet room in the in the hotel where you would have like a convention where like those snake oils motivational speaker salesmen like talk to 
young dudes about how to be an alpha. Don't believe that crap, you guys. That's a whole bunch of nonsense, and they're just making money off you. Um, it's my two cents. Anyway, he had one of those spaces. Vince used it much more nobly than they did. And we bring him WrestleMania. And I was invited into this meeting, and there were only, I think, four or five of us in there. It was myself, Brian Gewertz, I believe Christopher DeJoseph was in there, and I don't remember who else, but it was a very, Freebird was in there, Michael Hayes, and Vince sets down the script, and Brian sort of presents it to him, and Vince starts banging through everything he wants to rewrite and everything he wants to change. And this goes on for one, two, three, now four hours in. We're four hours in, you guys. I've taken a bathroom break once, almost tapped out. Like I literally, there was a part of me that wanted to like text somebody in the room and be like, hey, tell them I'm sick in the bathroom. I can't, I can't make it back. It, this is Vince's most prized possession, WrestleMania. WrestleMania is what made wrestling the mainstream attraction that it is today. I believe the term's trademarked. I don't think anybody else is even allowed to use it. I mean, it literally defines the WWE in Vince's mind, maybe in, in some others. But it is the show because it is the show that made the company. So he cares, and he cares a lot. And you can accuse him of caring too much, but you could accuse him of that every single week. Like We outthink ourselves with the things we're passionate about all the time, you, me, Vince McMahon. But with this, it's a different, it's a different beast. And it makes you, it makes you crazy. So this is day one. We're this is Saturday's production meeting. And we're rewriting the entire show, basically. And Vince wants to have this. We're gonna have Snoop Dogg. Snoop's coming. And we have to write in a segment for Snoop Dogg. Freddie, you're gonna write, you're gonna write the Snoop Dogg segment. <laughs> all right, what are you looking for, man? Whatever, just write something. Oh, and uh, you're gonna write the the Morrison the Morrison segment too with with Trish and Snooky. I go what? He goes, you're doing the Snooky segment, and he's not smiling. And I'm like, yo, man, I'm not doing the Snooky segment. Like that's not that's not happening, man. I, you tried to get me to do do this against uh, Michelle McCool another time, and I told you no. Then I'm not doing that. I said I got four segments, man. I'm not adding that one if you want me to add one. He goes, oh, I go, man, I don't know if you're joking or if you're not, but that's, I said this in the meeting, I go, that's bullshit. I'm not doing that match. Not the match, but the the segment that they wanted to do. Uh, only the agents, the old school wrestlers, they're the only ones that do the matches. So he's kind of like grunting, chuck, like a chuckle grunt. What do you call that? A gruckle? It's more one of those like, all right, we'll just get somebody to write it, which basically means someone not in the room is going to have to write it and then direct that segment. But I sure as hell wasn't going to do it, man. I, I didn't like the idea when they first brought it up. I fought against it in the room because the the Jersey Shore, I think, is the show that she was on. And it was big back then. But I'm not a reality TV dude. In fact, I'm like anti-reality TV because that takes jobs away from, you know, script writers that I know and like a lot. And I would rather them be working. And this, the, the industry likes reality shows so much because they can make it for a tenth the cost of a scripted show. So that gets rid of more scripted shows, which means more of my writer friends are broke. So that's why I, I was so against it at the time, right? It was just like, she's the enemy. So... <laughs> I'm sure she's lovely. I just, you know, that was my soapbox that I was standing on. So they get whoever they get for that. 
And I have my segments. And one of them is the Snoop segment. And I have no idea what to do. And Vince goes, he's not going to rap. And I go, okay. So that's the only rule. We're going to have Snoop, but he's not going to rap in a backstage segment. I go, okay. So I go backstage. I'm like, what are we going to do, man? And there's this dude named Dylan. They call him Hornswoggle. And he played this leprechaun, right? He's he's a dwarf in real life. He played this leprechaun character, and he never spoke. That was the game. He would go, (laughs) and like, you know, grind his teeth and bite your ankles and do little evil leprechaun things, like from the horror film Leprechaun. And I said, hey, man, do you want to... uh, do you want to talk tonight? He said, what? I go, well, more specifically, do you want to rap for Snoop Dogg tonight? He goes, are you kidding? I go, yeah, I got to write it and I can't write raps, but I'm going to write you a rap and you're going to do it for Snoop. And like, he's looking for new, like, you know, new acts to bring with him on the road. You're going to be one of the people auditioning. He says, dude, I would love to do that. I said, all right, man, as soon as I, I'll write your thing first and I'll give it to you so you could practice it because it's going to be terrible. I'm warning you now. He goes, no, man, thank you so much. He was awesome, dude. I, st- I still know him. I love him. So I write this up. I don't remember what the lyrics were. I'm sure it's online. If you want to humiliate me by hitting me on social media, that's at real FPJR on Twitter. Go ahead. I'll block you for life. I won't, but you don't have to humiliate me. That's a choice and it's yours to make. So we go in there and I got Cardona and Rowdy Roddy Piper who have agreed to help me out. I made this like passion plea to, to Piper about how much I love him and, and respect him. And I love they live so much. And we're talking about him and Keith David because Keith was my dad's best friend in high school. The black dude from They Live, the voice of Spawn on HBO, that's Keith. Him and my dad used to be in theater school together, and they were doing, like, Of Mice and Men in 1973. And my dad dropped out one day, side quest. And Keith, who I met on the Mass Effect video games, we were both voicing characters in the third one. He voiced it in all three. And he was telling me stories about my dad. He said, I always knew one day he wasn't going to show up for school. And that meant that he made it. And sure as hell, one day he didn't show up and nobody was mad. They were cheering because they knew someone called my dad and said, yo, you got a shot. And it was on the Milton Berle show. And my dad killed it. And uh, yeah, so anyway, so I was talking to, to Piper and asked him, I said, hey, will you come and do the snook a bit and crack a coconut on, on Cardona's head? He said, Matt said he's down with it. And uh, Roddy's like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, yeah, whatever I can do to help. And we have a couple other, you know, people doing that. It's like a montage of auditions. And Snoop's job is just to say, next, at the, as soon as everyone's done, next. That's all he has to do, right? Easiest job in the world. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección 
precaución adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and sociopolitical factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. We're shooting all of the talent side first, the wrestling talent side first, so that I can just shoot Snoop once and get him out of there. So it's just Snoop's POV and everyone's coming through. And, and so Dills comes, or Hornswoggle comes through and he does his rap. And is, he's so good, you guys. The lyrics are trash, but Swoggle can rhyme. And so he made it sound serviceable to where I literally was like, yo, he did it in one take. I was like, bro. I can't write better. And you totally saved this whole bit. That's wonderful. And I love it. He was like, all right, cool. So he crushed it. I failed him, but he crushed it. And, and then Cardona comes and we're talking, he's talking to Piper and I'm, I'm just watching. I, I didn't get involved in the physical stuff. Cause that's, that's their world. Right. I'm going to, Hey, I've worked with some stunt teams, uh, seven different times. Like, they're like, dude, I've been wrestling every day for 40 years. So, I'm just watching them, letting them do their thing, and and they're ready to go. I go, okay, we're ready, we're ready. We get our camera on, all the lights are going. I'm so excited to see this. And then Piper goes, no, 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 give me the other coconut. And Cardona goes, what? Piper goes, nothing. And he grabs the other coconut, which looks like it has not been gimmicked to break or crack open in any way, shape, or form. And Cardona's kind of like, frozen and it reminded me of this story that i heard back in the day oh i think that it was a movie called the deer hunter and there was a scene which would never be allowed today on set where they're playing russian roulette with a pistol and before the other actor gets the gun christopher walken goes to the gun master and goes no 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 get the other gun that wasn't a good christopher walken sorry no no get the other gun And the other actor's like, what the hell? And they did the scene with the gun that had not been supposedly cleared for safety, even though it had been. But the other actor had only seen the other gun. And Christopher Walken was trying to evoke a very honest and, and raw reaction. And this is in the 70s, so you could be more dangerous with the way filmmaking was made and often were. But this was the coconut version of it, so much lighter. But Cardona still's like, hold up, man, is that... 
is that gimmicked or not? Like in his head, I can see him watching. So I'm sitting there like, oh my God, what's about to happen? What's about to go down? And I'm trusting Piper and Cardona's trusting Piper. And uh, so Cardona comes in and he's making his pitch to Snoop Dogg as to why he should be a part of the act. You could YouTube this too. And Piper comes in and just from, from camera right, so your left side of frame, and wha-pow, whacks him in the head with the coconut. And the coconut cracks open and looks kind of like a rough crack, so it looks legit, and Cardona drops. And then Piper just looks in the camera, and we had talked about this. He was like, things are always funnier in threes, right? I go, yeah, that's the comedy rule. He goes, okay. And so he just he kind of like points to the camera, looks away, points off, and then walks out, and he does it in threes. It has his, his sort of great exit. And we cut... And Cardona's laying there on the floor. And I'm like, hey, man, we're, we're good. Cut. Holy shit, Matt, are you okay? He's like, no, nah, man, I'm all right. <laughs> and he got up. He was just still selling, trying to mess with me. But I literally thought he was, he was jacked up. So we've shot all this. And it's now probably 12 o'clock. This is Sunday, WrestleMania day. And Snoop's call time's 12 o'clock. And 1 o'clock comes and Snoop's not there. Like 1.30, 2 o'clock comes and... They're starting to come. Hey, Freddie, we need your we need your segment for the truck. I go, yeah, that's great. Snoop's not here. I go, well, you got to kid him. I go, oh, really? How would you like me to get Snoop Dogg? You should I just call Snoop? You want me to call him right now? All right. So what's his number? Like it, it, the expectations were ridiculous some days. So I'm looking at, at this guy. I won't say his name because he had a bad attitude. And he's like, well, are you going to get the shot or not? I go, what would you like me to do? I can turn this in without Snoop. Or we can wait until he gets there and we'll get it to the truck late. So what would you like to do? He goes, well, I'll let the truck know you're not ready. I go, you do what you got to do. So we're sitting there. Two o'clock comes and my phone rings. And my phone's on silent, but I see it. And I answer my phone. And it's my mother. And she says, uh, <clears throat> she says, uh, she goes, uh, Jimmy, just, Jimmy just died. And... My middle name is James. My son, Rocky, his middle name is James. And we're named for my Uncle Jimmy, James Barber. That's what that, that middle name is there for. Him and one other man were the most influential men in my life, the other being Bob Wall, who randomly just passed away. Um, this is the sad part of the podcast, but I'll get through it. And so will you. So I get this call, and you got to understand, my Uncle Jimmy was everything to me. He, he didn't just teach me how to throw a punch. He taught me why you have to sometimes punch. <laughs> he, he, he taught me when, when to punch, how to punch, the philosophy behind a fight in the first place, why sometimes it's necessary. He instilled the philosophy of being a bully buster, he got mad at me in the, this is a weird side quest. He got mad at me in the sixth grade for not sticking up for this kid I didn't even know. I was telling this other kid on the street, Eric, Eric Spiegel was his name, about this fight I saw and my uncle overheard. He's like, why didn't you step in? The kid couldn't even defend himself. I said, well, he was a seventh grader. You know, I don't, I don't want to fight him. My Uncle Jimmy grabbed me. He was like, you see somebody who can't defend themselves, you step in. And we called it bully busting. And I did that from, from that moment on. 
and I wouldn't get in trouble. He took me to Uncle Cliff's, which was the local amusement park, if I would beat up a guy that was hurting someone else. Um, that might sound crazy to you guys, but to me, he was like the best, just the best man ever. So sorry for getting choked up. I'm not trying to bring it down, but anyway, this just kind of like caught me out of the blue. So anyway, I get off, I get off the phone with my mom and, uh, and Snoop's there. <laughs> so I, I, I'm a, literally breaking down. I don't, I don't know what to do. I told my mom I would, I would call her right back. Um, I asked them, you know, hey, give me a second. And I run back to the writer's room, and I'm trying to hold it together. And as soon as I open the door, like, just being exhausted from the travel and all that and, and getting hit out of, the, out of the blue and then him being such an important person in my life, I just, like, lost it in there. And just, like, I'm in the writer's room, and I just screamed out, my uncle just died. I have to go home. And everybody's like, wait, what? And DJ, like, I think I was probably going to just fall over. I think he was hugging me, but he was probably just holding me up. And uh, the only thing I could think to say was, uh, Snoop Dogg's here. Someone needs to direct my segment. And I didn't even have, like, like wind in my chest, like air, air in my lungs when I said it. And uh, Brian Gewertz was so cool. He was like, Freddie, stop. We'll take care of it. And uh, he goes, you have to get out of here. I said, I don't know what to do. He said, you got to go to the airport now. You got to fly home. I said, okay, I'll get, I literally just repeated. I said, okay, I'll go to the airport and I'll go fly home. And uh, they were really good. They, you know, the writers took real good care of me that day, explained my absence and why I had to go. And I got on an airplane and, and I flew back to Los Angeles. I got a flight literally like an hour after I got to the airport. I just gave him my credit card and, and got the first flight out of there and flew home. And I went to the funeral and they gave me two weeks to kind of like, well, they said take all the time you need. But after two weeks, I called them. And, uh, you know, when you go through something like that, family becomes such an important, such an important thing. And, and Sarah and I were starting to talk about having a baby and, which would have been our first daughter, Charlotte, my daughter, Charlotte Grace, who loves professional wrestling. And I mean, loves it. And it's because she loves the gymnastics. So all you haters on the high flyers, there's a lot of kids from the next generation who really like that and respect it. Um, and so I, I, I talked to uh, Brian Gortz and Stephanie and I said, Hey, I need to change my hours or I need to give my two weeks. She said, uh, you know, we were about to move you up in the company. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. And so uh, instead of changing my hours, I just, I gave him my two weeks and uh, I put him in kind of not half-hearted, but with a heavy heart. I just wanted to be home, you know? I was like waiting for my phone to ring nonstop, which sucked. And then my two weeks were over and I, and I left. And I didn't watch wrestling for six months. And uh, SummerSlam was coming to Los Angeles and I thought it had been a good enough break. And... Big Show, who's just so cool, man. Paul, who was a guest on, on the show. If you guys want to see this, the coolest giant or listen to the coolest giant ever, check out that episode. He's the best dude, man. He invited me. He said, hey, man, I'd love to see you. We're going to be at Staples Center. Um, come uh, come early if you want. You don't even have to stay for the show. Just I want to say hi. Say, all right, man, I'd love to. So 
I got in contact with Kristen Prouty again. It all comes back to driven, motivated people. I should have Prouty on the podcast. Or she wouldn't want to do it, but she's super cool. Anyway, uh, I see her when I get there, and you get to park underneath Staples Center where, like, Kobe Bryant used to park and all that. It's, like, it's so sweet, Staples Center. And they, the WWE takes good care of you when you get there. And I come in, and uh, this is where I ended up get, taking the job again, randomly enough. I come in, and there's, I'm talking to a couple of the wrestlers that used to be in, like, that I used to work with basically. And all of a sudden this huge paw just smacks me right on the back. Wow. And I'm like, you know, it's like a back smacker when you were in high school and I go, ah, and I just hear Freddie, how the hell are you? And it's Paul is in his, he's just, he's a giant. He's literally a giant. And so we catch up and we start talking and I hear uh, from some, I don't remember who it was. Hey, Vince is down ringside and he'd love to talk to you. And I go, oh, man, that mean, yeah, I didn't get to say, like, face-to-face to Vince that it was my my two weeks. I just, I said bye, and he was like, I, I didn't know you were leaving. I was like, oh, so this would be a good moment for me to kind of explain it. And so I go down there, and he's on the headset, and uh, he says, hold on, hold on one second. He takes the headset off. He's big old backsmacker, too. Ah, oh, how are you? Oh, you look great. That All this, and we're talking and, and catching up. And I told him he looked like RoboCop. And he gave me that, like a look and a nod, but it was a look and a nod of, okay, that's a compliment, but I have no idea who that is. Um, and he didn't watch WCW, so there was no reason for him to, I guess. Shout out to the hardcores who love Sting and know what that reference is, is for. But uh, after about five minutes, he uh, he said, you know, he, he, he called me son, that son of a bitch. He said, you know, we could, uh, we really could use you back here. We could use you back here, son. And I told him straight up, I was like, man, the schedule is so, it's so brutal. And that he was super cool. He, you know, he said, you could basically make your schedule. It could be an every other week thing. It could just be pay-per-views to help people out with their promos on the, on the bigger shows, a chance for them to get over on in front of more eyeballs. And so I took the deal and that, that started my second journey at, uh, at the WWE, which is when we really started breaking down the promo class and doing a lot of the the scene study where we were just taking scenes from movies they liked, movies like Bad Boys and Liar Liar and and Beautiful Girls. Eve Torres did the Rosie O'Donnell speech from Beautiful Girls, which is her talking shit about beautiful girls. And Eve Torres is one of the most beautiful women on the face of the planet. So, and she didn't want to do. It. I remember she didn't want to do it. I said, "That's why I want you to do it." She goes, "What do you mean?" She goes, "It's, it's I'm going to come off hypocritical." I said, "This isn't going to be on TV." This is to challenge you so you can see that you can you can push yourself and you can show how much range you have. She's like, all right. And she came in and she straight crushed it, like better than what I would have done with it. And I don't know how hard she worked on it or if it was just natural, but like it was a, probably our biggest class when she performed it. That was when we were like probably 30, 30 students, students, 30 wrestlers deep, sorry. And uh, they gave her a standing ovation. Yeah, me included. She just crushed it. But uh, but that's sort of the WrestleMania story from the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm trying to ugly cry face earlier that you didn't get to see. Ha ha. But uh, just something to get you in the spirit for WrestleMania. I appreciate you guys listening. I really love doing this podcast. I love sharing wrestling stories with you. Uh, I would say sorry for the side quests, but you guys always say the side quests are cool and you, and you like them. So we'll keep doing those as well. And keep listening. 
Until next week, I promise no blubbering, no crying next week. It'll be all fun and party time. Everybody, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Wrestling with Freddie. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.